Hello there, Vlad here. Welcome to Cat Pick Fridays episode 19. And once again, I'm joined by Mr. Richard Morgan. Hello, how are you doing? Hello, episode 19. And it's going to be the best episode 19 we've ever done. Yes, top 20, definitely. I sure hope so, yeah. <laughs> As always, thank you so much for watching slash listening and i remind you that this episode is available on apple Podcasts, spotify and uh, apparently a lot of people actually listening to this through the podbean app as well and obviously on youtube where you can get the visual thing going on besides the audio as well if you so desire and yeah like share subscribe type of things help us defeat the mighty algorithm or something like that i I kind of don't want to always talk about the algorithm, but I guess it, it's a thing and it affects how these shows kind of reach people, so, yeah. And especially, like, talking about algorithm last week's episode we did with Perry, like, I had a blast, it was so much fun, and that episode just completely tanked, like, very few people actually ended up <laughs> listening to it, which is kind of sad, I guess, but maybe it's it will pick up some speed. And nothing to do with Perry either. Yeah. It's the algorithm. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, it's pretty much like the average view term is ridiculous on stuff like that. But, yeah. The algorithm. Yay. But Yeah, it's funny because anyway. you would expect Perry to, you know, he's playing in such a huge band. You would expect more people to join and watch that episode. But the algorithm. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Like, maybe one... Pendulum will put out a new single or something all of the sudden we'll see like a crazy bump in views or something like that because that has happened to me as well many times like I release something and then like three months later somebody pub publishes something that related and suddenly it just explodes so yeah, yeah. anyway enough of the algorithm talk <laughs> fun show today we are going to, because we were off last week like news wise I guess uh, there's quite a lot of cover so we're going to focus a lot on kind of more recent stuff uh, first of all, the Boutique M distribution warehouse fire. Uh, we'll talk about our buddy Josh Allen's uh, new signature guitars by Vola. And Redbeard Angry Rhubarb. How to pronounce that? So, so, a new pedal. Yep, rhubarb. Yeah. Rhubarb. Beautiful. Got it the first time. Uh, Solar Guitars has a new guitar out that is kind of less metal or a bit different at least from what they've been putting out and we gotta talk about the john mayer <laughs> single because john mayer <laughs> is the shining star of our guitar universe it seems uh we're going to answer some of your comments and questions as well and we got a, got a very special comment on our hands because mr rick beato decided to chime in on our rick beato signature guitar video or podcast episode so we're going to discuss that and a few other questions and comments as well and in the weekend watch recommendation there's something really funny from van halen <laughs> that popped up recently all over social media and just want to remind you that there's timestamps to these segments if you want to check out a specific thing first so yeah should work on YouTube and on podcast platforms as well, or at least you know the time code where to scroll to. But I think we are going to dive right into all things new or new-ish in recent happenings. Mm -hmm. 
Alright, in the recent happenings, before we dive into anything I just mentioned, I'm actually going to mention I got some new gear. Like, the past two weeks since we've done a gear-related uh, Catpick Fridays, uh, I got a full electronic drum set over there. <laughs> Lovely people from UX and also with help of Banta Music, Music Slash, Music uh, Silverberry, the Finnish distributor company. Uh, basically sent me a new i'm gonna cheat new xdm 210 drum set and it's been a favorite of mine and my daughter's as well over the past week or so we've been playing a lot and i'm noticing i'm slowly starting to get up to speed and like the uh, kind of percentage of hits where i also dropped one of the sticks has gone down significantly over the past week or so. So that's good, I think. <laughs> and it's almost starting to sound like music. So that's really fun. Uh, also, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I had some boss pedals on my way. And to those watching on YouTube, here they are. So the Super Overdrive SD1, the limited or like anniversary, 40th anniversary edition, one is here, and I also got the Boss Dimension C DC2W, which is, um, what was, like, this is based on some, like, rack unit, I think, from the 90s, 80s, 90s, something like that. Like, yeah, horror modulation yeah. type of thing. Mm -hmm. So, I actually haven't had the time to plug this in yet, because there's been so many things going on right now, but I'm going to do it today or tomorrow latest and try them out these feel amazing there's something about boss pedals where i don't know they just feel so freaking solid even though like the sd1 is like 60 bucks or so so really impressive the dc2 w is way heavy as well but there's more going on inside and yeah can't wait to try this out exciting times but there's also some uh, less exciting and actually kind of sad things because and I'm guessing a lot of you have heard already, but Boutique Amp Distribution, which is basically like this, uh, all, I don't know, a company organization that hosts a bunch of brands like Friedman, uh, Morgan Amps, I think, uh, who else? Stone King, Wumpler Pedals, and yeah, I think in Max those warehouses. Yeah, a bunch of other companies. Yeah, exactly. Basically, they had a fire in their warehouse, and I guess even though this happened a week, week and a half ago, we still don't know the full extent of the damage that's been happening here. Everybody's okay, so that's awesome. Like, no, nobody got hurt or anything like that, except apparently one uh, firefighter had some uh, suffered some minor injuries and was treated at a local hospital, according to the article on guitarplayer.com. But, yeah, this is pretty horrible news because <clears throat> even if, like, insurance and stuff like that would kind of cover the losses, it will take time before they're up to speed again. Yeah, it will affect so much of what they do. It's, uh, it was a terrible, a terrible thing. It happened maybe the day before or two, two days before we shot with Perry last week. So it's been yeah. over a week now that it happened. And yeah, we still don't have any official news, although there's stuff going around on internet forums and people have heard things from people who 
know people who work there and stuff. And yeah, it sounds like a really tragic thing. I mean, yeah, we can take away the fact that no one was killed, no one was hurt personally, because, you know, human life trumps products or whatever. But sure. I was in that warehouse, you know, I, I visited in January 2020 at the NAMM show. I had a visit there and just uh, there is so much or there was so much amazing gear in that warehouse and, <laughs> you know, so many building processes, so much storage, you know, so many tools. It's not just products. It's the it's the things they use to build the machines, the toolings, the other software and stuff. I hope everything was backed up on clouds and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah I mean depending on what was burnt or what was smoke damaged and what was still there and what was stored off-site, it will affect those companies for, for many months. Some of them may be longer. I mean, I mean, who knows? It's, uh, but it's terrible news either way. Yeah, yeah. just looking at the pictures from the fire, like it was a big fire as well. Like, uh, yeah. Even though it's been like over a week, there's still kind of very little updates on this one. I think all of the updates are from like almost a week ago. Yeah. So we don't like, I guess they don't know. And hence we don't know what's going on. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing they will have to do is, well, first you wait for the fire to cool down, which can take days, right? I think. Yeah. I think I'm not so. a fire expert, but I think it can take a long time to actually be able to go in there and then yeah the insurance stuff you know all the different brands you know the warehouse owners because i don't believe that boutique camp distribution owned the warehouse although mm. i'm not certain of that it, it will be long and messy and anyone who's got like a more expensive amp on order from there for example they might you know be waiting a lot longer yeah that's the thing like uh, I wonder, like, if they lost a lot of, like, uh, products that were just about to be shipped and stuff like that as well. Like, that's also a chance. So, like, maybe if your order was about to be shipped, maybe <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore, I guess. Like, yeah, that's the thing. And I mean, like, you know, some things might not have burned. They might have got smoke damage. And that's sure. enough to destroy stuff, you know. Yeah, I remember exactly. um, we, we had a family friend who had, like, a... Not their main house, but they had like a second place, a cabin, a holiday place, and that burnt down. And we helped them clear the stuff out. And there were things in rooms that had been like locked in cupboards or something. You know, they should be sealed, mm. airtight or whatever, but the smoke gets in everywhere. You know, jars of food which are sealed closed. The smoke gets in there. It's, ah, it's crazy. So fingers crossed there was not too much in there. And yeah, but either way, it will set them back a long time. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the reality. Uh, I'm guessing this is one of those stories we'll have to, like, we'll update you when we know more, because right now there's still very little information available. I tried to search for more, but like both the social media channels of these companies and just all the sites that are kind of monitoring or like just reporting any kind of gear-related you news are. Yeah, all the articles are from a week ago, so so we'll just have to wait and see and hope for the best, whatever best might mean in this situation. So yeah, yeah, sad stuff. Uh, moving on from that 
to something a bit more exciting. Well, a bit more exciting. I, I'd say <laughs> a lot more exciting. <laughs> I don't want to diminish the excitement of this thing. I'm searching for the right tab for this news as well. Uh, about it, Josh Allen recently released two signature guitars with Volo guitars and they look great like really cool it's kind of super strat shape uh, the Volo shape uh, with uh, nice bright colors i think they were quoting a couple of sports cars here i just have to check the yeah the race car inspired one is le mans metallic green and the other one is uh, the, i think the or they're calling, I guess, it British Racing Green. And the other one, what was the color? Charger Orange. So it's like a Dodge Charger, I guess. Yeah. <coughs> but yeah, they, they look great. Like, first of all, I'm super happy for Joss, but also, like, I like those guitars. I, I'm not sure which, if, if I would get one of those, I'm not sure which one, because both have, like, their upside. And maybe slightly leaning towards the blue-greenish one. Yeah, me too. British racing green for me. But yeah, what a great story. It's um, it's amazing for Joss because yeah. he's used like a bunch of different interesting guitars over the years. When I first got to know him personally, he was playing a lot of Friedman stuff. He had the pink, obviously headless Friedman guitar that was his signature instrument for ages. <laughs> and then he moved and got some different ones. And now suddenly, out of the blue, we have these two signature volos. And it's... Uh, they look great for the specs versus the price. They look very good indeed. Yeah. And I mean, I, I would say this is a happy day for Vol as well, because just is such a killer player and such a versatile player as well. And having known him for a few years now, like uh, he's also a great like ambassador for your brand because he's like, he knows what he's, he's talking about. He knows how to play. And he also like, like there are people where you get sense like he also you know knows how to represent a brand without it like feeling fake so that's cool yeah yeah exactly yeah joss has always had like a, i would call it like a childlike enthusiasm for everything so everything that he does is 100 percent real so if he's behind mm -hmm. these guitars that's because he really really loves them and yeah with these ones of course he had a a hand in designing them their signature guitars so it's perfect for him and i hope that they will be extremely successful i've seen on facebook he said that a bunch have been sold already so mm. that's so cool and it's like you say as well imagine you know being volar we had it with hughes and kettner when joss was a, an endorser there you get a video of him doing his shred thing and people love it because he's yeah. so good he, he's one of the guys on that kind of top one percent level you know yeah Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to check out some specs for these. Uh, I think these are probably made in Japan versions because US custom shop uh, stuff is, well, more custom, I guess. Uh, yeah. 24 frets on both of them. Hmm. Uh, yeah, both are 24 frets, and I'm trying to see if I can find the body woods or anything like that in the article. Uh, 
I have trouble. Ah, yes. It's a mahogany body. I don't think the other volas or like the Ozzes have a mahogany body. So that's new. That's really cool. It already sounds a bit different depending on your beliefs and tone wood that is. But that's a whole different <laughs> debate. <laughs> for a different that is a different, that's a different episode right there. Yeah. But yeah, mahogany body and roasted yeah. maple neck and fingerboards, which is an interesting, interesting choice, right? You like roasted maple, don't you? I definitely do. It just feels great to play and the fact that you can like even leave it completely unfinished and it just feels awesome right away it's great i'm just to see like if it has thicker frets because like the only complaint i might have about my own vola is the fact that i kind of would would love to have bigger frets i'm completely used to the ones it has right now already but yeah i like jumbo friends friends <laughs> not jumbo frets <laughs> jumbo frets excuse me uh yep yeah. cool looking guitars and i'm hoping there will be more content on these guitars in the future there's like a teaser video available online but that's about it right now so are they in stores already i i, I mean josh said some were sold but i don't know if it's like pre-order or if you can already buy them because i would love to try one of these yeah i'm going to check it out right away okay i wonder who sell like who's the european distributor i think though i think vol actually has their own web shop as well yeah i think they so, sell direct yeah yeah I'm gonna they're check also the, the pickups are vola own brand right yeah yeah Seems okay so. yeah it's a really uh, interesting uh choice yeah. by Speaking joss yeah speaking of direct sales uh there's a link in the description uh, here on this video as on other every other video if you want to get Justice guitar there's a link in the description and a code where you can actually get a discount on that guitar so be sure to check it out and yeah I'm just checking their website right now on sale now it says and OZ OZ 24 RV Jam J1 that's uh, Justice guitar 1694 euros for Japanese made guitar that is very affordable what is it really that a because yeah free shipping too i'm looking at ah i see it's 25 percent off because it's a limited run okay i 25 off. yeah i actually completely understand now why people have already bought this because for that money a japan made guitar that looks that cool and like, I can guarantee it's really high quality. That's really nice. Yeah. And we got some more specs as well now, because, um, yeah. Mahogany body, roasted maple, one piece neck, uh, neck profile. Well, I'm not sure about the neck profile. 20, 12 inch radius, 25.5 scale inches scale length, uh, stainless steel frets, wall of fire ice humbucker. <laughs> ball of fire eyes single coil in the middle and in the neck so yeah their own pickups and go to hardware and handmade in japan and comes with a volo custom series geek bag which i also have and it's really high quality so it's not just some random geek bag it's really good and actually geek worthy thumbs up from me that's that was the rating system we had i think so 
Yeah, two thumbs up. That was the deal. Yeah, the I'm question excited. that we asked ourselves with Rick Beato recently was, does Rick Beato deserve a signature guitar? Let yeah. me ask you that same question with Joss. Does Joss deserve a signature guitar? Yes. Uh, yes. Not because he has like a band or something, but because uh, he's really well known, even though he doesn't have like a band he plays with. He He's like really known as a person and as a guitar player and I think it makes sense and apparently like based on the fact that people are already buying those guitars I think Vola was right to do this as well so win 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 for everyone Joss, Vola and you guys yeah that's what I would say as well it's like um, Joss is a very recognisable face in the industry now and yeah we don't connect him with a one specific band, the same as Rick Beato, yeah. for example, but he's just one of those top, top players. And when it comes to equipment, his opinion is respected. And yeah, people buying the guitars already proves that it's a good thing. Yep. I'm happy for Joss. Yeah, me too. This was such a cool thing. Like it came out of nowhere. And when I read the news, it was like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. So. Congrats, Joss. Hopefully we will get him on the channel at some point to talk about the guitars. That would be we'll pretty see. cool. We're working on that. And yeah, next thing, someone we also know, Mikey Demis from the band Skindred. Uh, he has this pedal company as well called Redbeard Effects, uh, which uh, what's the British band he's partnered with? Completely forgetting. Uh, Skindred. The, the guy... No, 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 the brand, the pedal brand. Oh, oh completely Thorpey. Thorpey yes. effect. Yeah, they're like, he, basically Redbeard is a collaboration between him and Thorpey effects. And they have a third pedal out now called Angry Rhubarb. And I'm still like, I watched all the demo videos available of that thing and I still don't understand what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's some sort of fuzz drive thing it looks really cool you can get some really fun sounds out of it but i still don't understand what it is <laughs> yeah i've only just found out about it when you sent me the um the link to it earlier but yeah. to me it's yeah it's a drive pedal with eq knobs on it parametric eqs pretty powerful yeah. eqs on it so it should be very very versatile i didn't know it does fuzz as well but it just looks it looks pretty cool i've never it played a red beard effect i should change that Sorry? Have you ever played one? Uh, yeah, I got to try those out at NAMM 2020. Oh, okay. I also did yeah, a video no. with Mikey as well. So, they sound really cool. Obviously, like, I like that it seems like his designs for these pedals are kind of uh, an extension of his own playing. So, he's not just designing it like a general overdrive, a transparent overdrive that nobody really needs. He's doing, like... Here's what I like, and I'm I want to build pedals that like are that like help to create the sounds I want to have, and this seems to be like a very natural extension to that. And based on what I've seen, like this pedal feels um, like yes, there's a bunch of fuzzes and stuff like that, but it still feels like it stands out in a positive way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to throw a couple of links in the description to check out. And you can take a listen and decide whether it's something you might be interested in. No affiliate stuff here or anything like that, but 
I I liked it like a bit something that feels at least a little bit unique to me at yeah. least. So yeah, that's nice. Moving on to the legend of YouTube uh, or like somebody who has a very very big online presence in our guitar universe, Ola England and his solo guitars. They have a T1.6 AN, a new distressed looked T style shredder according to Gear News. It's a kind of telly-ish shape with a huge cutout <laughs> at the upper frets and obviously an Evertune bridge as well because he's a big fan of those and that that's going to be the most attractive solo guitar to me to date, I'd say. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, for me, it's I'm, like I'm a telly guy and it's a tiny bit too metal for me. But I understand why you like it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never been that interested in solo guitars, but when I got to try them out at NAMM 2020, uh, I got it why people are so excited about them. Like, for the money, really solid feeling guitars and they kind of give you that Ola sound right away. Like if you like the sounds he's getting, I feel like the combination of woods and hardware and the pickups and everything, like those guitars give you the Ola England sound. So, yeah. And the quality seems to be great and apparently they're selling those, like selling a lot of those. So, yeah, I like it. I want to try out one of the Evertune bridges just because it sounds like such an interesting concept. And I think I even understand roughly how it works. But yeah, it would kind of be cool to have one guitar that's just always in tune. So maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but I, f I find solo guitars to be extremely cool in terms of, you know, the specifications that they have and the kind of modern features that they bring in at certain price points. Where I'd yeah. love to see Fender or Gibson do that as well. You know, this is like a, a Telecaster style guitar, but it has an ebony fretboard and it has, mm. is it 24 stainless steel frets? Yeah. It has kind of modern features, and I'd really love to see Fender attempt to do something similar for a similar price point. And I don't know why they've not cool. done that. Maybe they can't. Fender has done some metal-ish guitars. I think, didn't uh, the guy from, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy from Slipknot have, I think he still might have a signature guitar fr from Fender. What's yeah, his name? Yeah, good point. Uh, Mick Root. Yeah. So... No, not Mick Root. Jim Root. Jim, Jim Root. <laughs> Mick Root <laughs> was Mick his Root? <laughs> Yeah, he's his keyboard-playing cousin. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't have a signature Fender. Yeah, yeah, Jim Root had a signature Yamaha Jazzmaster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it, it's not like that modern with an Evertune bridge and it's like that. But like, yeah, that shape is a bit, bit too much for me. And I think one of the comments I saw, like, okay, that this this is the guitar I want to have when the zombie apocalypse hits because you could really defend yourself with it. <laughs> yeah, with exactly. All the pointy shapes. Looks um, like you could physically use it as a weapon. Yeah. Yes, pretty much. So that yeah. Really interesting to see, like, it's it hasn't been that long since he actually released these guitars. Maybe five years or so? Yeah, something or like that. Imagine, yeah. yeah. Not much more than that, and it's been just... I think, like, 
uh, I, I have a feeling like uh, solo guitars is becoming more than just Ola England's brand now. It's just the cool metal guitars that a lot of people like. And they're like pro specs at a fairly reasonable price. This guitar we're talking about is like roughly uh, twelve hundred US dollars. So, yeah. Where is it made? Is it like Korea? Uh, I think they're made in in Indonesia, and it's uh, got a well. As with all of these brands, I think it's just probably a few different factories. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, what Solo Guitars does is, and what probably ups the price is the fact that, like, yes, I think they're made in, in Indonesia, but they have a warehouse in Spain, I think. And they actually QC every single guitar that goes through. So you're not getting any like direct shipping from the factory to your local dealer or anything like yeah. that. Uh, obviously that adds to the price but it makes sure that you are actually getting a proper guitar and i like that approach yeah yeah that's a cool way of doing it but it also makes the price less than if they were using traditional distribution or traditional dealers so True. you you save oh, yeah, in that way yeah good point because I th yeah i think they only sell through uh, their own site i'm pretty yeah, sure yeah they're on toman i think or can as well? you buy those on toman or something I'm going to check because... I don't know if other stores like maybe Anderton's has solar. I'm sure Toman does. Well, I remember seeing them there. Yeah, they do. Let me yeah, there's look. definitely there's a bunch of them. 135 different options. Yeah, there are many different options, uh, aren't there, with solar. I, I guess it's an obvious yeah. comparison to make, but I see them as being kind of similar to Chapman guitars in a way. Yeah. No, Anderton's doesn't sell them. But again, maybe that's because they sell no. Chapman. <laughs> yeah, more, more, more yeah. likely, I guess. But yeah. I kind of, kind of wouldn't mind getting one, but I'm also like, if I would get one, I would be happy, but I don't see myself maybe buying one just because it's a bit too metal for my taste, like looks-wise, specs-wise. It's great. Yeah, but you have... Also, um, I, don't, I, I don't know how it would fit. Yeah, I was going to say, you have yeah. the Amarok. Do you think it, it's more metal yeah. than that? Uh, do I think this... Uh, Ola guitar is more metal yeah. than that? Definitely, because it's a T-style shape that's way more like pointy. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, for me, the Amarok is pointy. That's, that's the differences in where we approach mm. guitars, I guess. Because at the moment, I'm interested in a baritone and i'm thinking about the amarok because yeah. obviously you get so much for the money with with the harley benton brand yeah. but in many ways it feels a bit too metal for me so it's like <laughs> that's a tough choice yeah, it's also like if yeah if they were like with the amarok and these ones if you would well i'd say more with the amarok like if you would make like different colors uh, because like I, they also like all of them are kind of uh, finished in a very metal way, like yeah. just black and maybe these kind of distressed bursts and stuff like that. It's all it's all like, and and I get that because that's what people want. But try making one in like a tritone sunburst and something, <laughs> and maybe that would work. Some people, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, why not? But maybe we need to talk to Hunter, t ask him to basically tell Harley Benton to design one of those. <laughs> So. Yeah, we should. Hoon. Yeah. But yeah, moving on to the next thing. Uh, 
Rich is going to love this part because we're talking about the John Mayer's new single because he is the guitar god of our guitar universe or like one of the most followed people when it comes to guitar deservingly so I guess maybe maybe not yeah I would say yes first of all what did you think of the single yeah I love it what did you think of the single (laughs) (laughs) no I I don't love it I mean I it's it's all right for me it's very I don't know it has that very 80s synth sound which I really don't like Mm. The 80s is probably my least favorite decade for music since, you know, the 50s or whatever, since pop music started. So I don't like that too much. And it's <laughs> otherwise it's like quite standard John Mayer fare, right? I watched the the yeah. live version from Jimmy Kimmel. Whatever it is, uh, there's a bunch of live yeah. ones already. And like, it's an awesome performance. I don't know how much of it is actually live, but like, you know, he's he's such a great singer as well. But, yeah, Mm. yeah, the only thing I find about John Mayer is that I feel like he is this amazing figurehead for the guitar world in some ways, but I feel like some people eulogize him too much as being like this ultimate figure. (laughs) It's I I guess it's just because the music is personally not too much to my taste. You know, he's an amazing singer, he's an amazing guitar player, he's an amazing songwriter, everything he does is great, but if I don't personally connect to the music or get emotionally taken along with it because it's not, you know, the genre or the style that I like, then I guess that explains it. But it's like looking yeah. through my Instagram feed and stuff with everyone saying, oh, the new John Mayer thing, it's the best thing since the last single by John Mayer. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it is, but there's more exciting music out there too. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm just going to like... I'd say his music is very safe. And that might be part of the appeal. Like, there's nothing edgy about it in any sense, I guess. And I like the single a lot. Like, I love those 80s sounds. Like, and there was, like, a very, very strong, like, Toto vibe to it as yeah. well. And I like Toto. So that's good. But, uh, I mean, yeah. He... I'm not sure, like, I love what he does. I'm not sure if I'm, like, super emotionally invested in that music, as you just mentioned as well. But he's an interesting figure to just follow. And uh, then again, like, I'd love to see him live because everybody says that's, like, one of, like, because you kind of get dynamics and everything, like, you can experience it completely differently. And that's something I would love to be able to do. Even though, like, I'm not, like a gigantic fan in that sense, but I also get what so many people love what he does, and yeah. he's keeping the guitar alive uh, in so with, with songs that like top the charts. So that's also yeah, really that's cool. the coolest thing for me that we have in John Mayer. We have this one guy who is out there actually charting with massive records, who is also amazingly proficient well, a virtuoso on his instrument and is showing off the guitar to the world. I put him on the same level as someone like Brad Paisley in the country world. Although Brad Paisley for me is far more exciting because I connect to that a lot more. So it comes down to personal taste. Are you connecting connecting to him like uh, lyrics wise? (laughs) 
because that's the only thing that's keeping me from listening to Brad Paisley. Now, I only listen to like the Brad Paisley upbeat stuff. And some of the lyrics that he writes are actually quite witty and pretty funny. And some of them are sure. some of them are way too schmaltzy and over romantic or whatever. But that's <laughs> that that's part of the country, isn't it? I, I prefer the, it, the upbeat stuff. Yeah. If you listen to songs like Online or Start a Band or whatever, they're these amazing like country rock jam songs with just funny lyrics about growing up in that part of America and stuff. And they're safe as well. But yeah. yeah. I'd love to see John Mayer and Brad Paisley do a guitar battle on stage in their respective styles. Maybe maybe they've done that somewhere, but that would be amazing because they're both super, super good. Yeah. Well, I think also there's a difference like with Brad Paisley, he's definitely like showing like a bigger range of his guitar skills, whereas John Mayer, especially nowadays... uh, he knows when to hold back and like his guitar playing definitely serves the song and there's actually like very few songs where he's like really really go, like going off we can he can really really do that but like i kind of appreciate that he's he's able to hold back and only, only does it when it's kind of needed yeah he writes for the song so. and that's why i guess seeing him live could be an even cooler experience because then he's able to do yeah. jams and he takes center stage and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Like if you listen to live at the Nokia theater from, I think it's live from 2006, uh, where he got, does like the <clears throat> acoustic thing. Then there's a trio thing. And with the trio thing, he does the blue stuff. And there you can kind of hear all the kind of crazy blues things he does. He's really, really good. Excuse me. <coughs> Bless you. My wife vacuum cleaned. Thank you. My wife vacuum cleaned every, everywhere but here because I wouldn't let her in because we're recording this thing. I'll have to do it myself after this show. <laughs> <laughs> Should have cleaned up earlier. Should have. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear what the album will sound yeah, like. Yeah, definitely. It, whether it's all of the... If it's all this 80s stuff... I have a soft spot for 80s stuff and actually par- part of the reason why Boss sent me this uh, Corusi modulation thing is that I'm going to do something very 80s with it. <laughs> so, yeah. I look forward to maybe that, that makes me hearing that and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I, li- I like the 80s sounds and those stupid synth sounds that are also so good. Like, it's... I'm realizing I've become old enough that that kind of brings me back to, like, well, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, I'm so happy that I don't remember that. I mean, I was born in the 80s, but it's (laughs) like my parents never listened to the 80s synthy music or new wave stuff. The closest I guess they got was post-punk, but they listened to classic rock and roll. And that saved me in many ways. Yeah, well, I mean, I grew up listening to uh, nine, nine, well, mainly in the 90s, listening to Russian pop music, which is nothing like anything like anything that happened in the Western <laughs> world. I mean, I think the closest you can get to it is like watching Eurovision and all the songs that have a very steady 8-beat all the time, like that was what I grew up with. And yeah. But somehow I find found the 80s since and stuff like that at some point. Love it. But yeah, John Mayer's single thumbs up from me. I don't know about it. I'm going to give him one thumbs up for the music 
and the other thumb up for the guitar that he's playing in the video. Yes, I'm seeing a lot of reactions about that online, like a pink silver sky. Yeah, and it's not shell pink, it's hot pink, neon pink. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, I love that color. It's aggressive. It, it's one of those guitars like you could do really fun green screen or pink yeah. screen stuff with it, like just Photoshop a pizza on top of it or something yeah. like that. But yeah, looking at looking at that guitar and the the visuals of the video and his haircut on the record cover and the fact that it's called Sob Rock, I think the whole thing is you know tongue in cheek and humorous. I hope it is. It seems yeah. to be so far. So well, I, at least he's able to poke. I mean, fun in at the it. music video, the, yeah, I mean in the in the music video, like there's uh, a keyboard player basically standing standing like between two huge racks of keyboards and playing like one hand on the right and one hand on the left side type of thing like a very like very 80s imitation of like all of those hair metal bands and everything that they used to do and also like some of the camera stuff where he's just like like camera basically he's playing acoustic guitar and the camera is like circling him and like a lot of the stuff like even the music video is very uh, like there's a humorous aspect to it yeah. i think but it's been long enough that it's Maybe cool again or retro cool. I don't know. Something yeah, it like is. That. These creative things go but, in cycles, which are about 30 years. Yeah. So in 10 more years, Makes the sense. Spice Girls will be cool again. Because <laughs> the 90s will come back. They're starting to come back already with yeah. fashion and stuff. That's weird. It's true. And that's when we'll know we're old. When we like remember new... the first time it happened, that's when we know we're yeah. like approaching middle age. That'll be a sad time. Yeah, yes, that's true. Something that has actually already come back a little bit, at least in F Finland, is new metal, which is way <laughs> earlier than thirty years. It's just a twenty years cycle. Like the like even the band that we sent to Eurovision is kind of semi new metal, and also there's a couple of other bands that are actually doing pretty well here in Finland. They're new metal. Oh, so, that's going to be interesting if that really comes back. Yeah, I liked it at the time. Who knows? Uh, most True. Of it. <laughs> me too. I, I love. I have to admit, I loved Limbiskit. Yeah, me time. too. So, uh, and quickly back to the Johnny yeah. guitar. What a huge win for PRS! Like the fact that they managed to snatch him from freaking. Fender. That's that's what I'm thinking when I, when I day. see him playing that pink PRS. The only thing that would make it better yeah. is if it would have a Fender headstock, and then I think as well, what a score for PRS. I think it's more like. What did Fender do wrong to lose John Mayer? Have you heard that story? I think like uh, I've heard that story somewhere. Uh, basically, Fender had this uh, rep guy that worked with John for years, and they like they were really good friends and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know if there was a change in Fender management or whatever happened, but apparently they just fired the guy. All of a sudden, the guy was out and. John was like, you can do this. He he was a friend of mine. Like, we've been working with him for ages and some, something like that. And basically that rep was out and John didn't feel like he was good. He, he could work with Fender anymore. And there was Paul Reed Smith saying, hey, <laughs> remember us? Wow. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I have seen a lot of cases, you know, working in the industry of artists yeah. endorsers moving with companies because they move with the guys that they like 
I don't know if that Fender guy then joined PRS as well, but, you know, when someone moves, who's dealing with artists, moves from one company to another, you'll often see artists go with them. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's how it went, and I also appreciate that, well, Paul is also smart uh, because he immediately knew that he can't just put a standard PRS into John's yeah. hands because he's known for that strategy type of thing, and they designed one. And having played one, like, it's a great guitar. I wouldn't mind having one myself, especially in that aggressive pink color. Like, that that would be so much fun to have on the background, just, like, aggressively shining the, like, pink, like, spreading the pink reflections all over the room. Yeah, it's the yeah, yes, you please. just have it in the background, but never mention it, never talk about it. Never yeah. even acknowledge that it's there. Just have it sitting in the videos as a massive conversation starter. Didn't you almost buy a exactly. massively, outrageously pink Charvel? Was that you? Uh, I was yeah. close. Yes, I was close. I ended up with the Ibanez in the end, but yes, I was comparing the two. The neck profile on the Charvels was a bit too thin for me. Yeah. And that, that was the only reason, pretty much. So. That's very interesting. Out, out of the three guitars that we've discussed today, you've got the pink Silver Sky, you've got the Solar Metal Axe Telecaster thing, and you've got the Joss yeah. Allen Signature Vola guitars. Which one would you get if you were to be offered one right now? Uh, not the Solar guitar. Mm -hmm. out of the three so that rules out it's a good question uh, it's not really a fair question is it but still it's a good question yeah i kind of would love to have that pink uh prs though uh also the vola guitar like both of the versions just look so much fun and like again very 80s i guess especially the orange one um uh, but I would just say PRS because sound-wise I don't have anything like that. I do have a Super Strat in the bowl I actually have here, so <laughs> I think that would make sense. I'm I, I'm I, I'm annoyingly annoyingly practical with this, so I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go with the one that I need. Quotes. So how about you? Same. I'd pick the Silver Sky. I, I would. Yeah, first I would have said I'll take the Solar out of my considerations because. I love tellies and I'm sorted with my telly and I'm kind of classic thinking when it comes to what tellies do and I'm sure that's an amazing guitar but yeah. I'd need to try it first and it probably doesn't suit the music I'm doing anyway so I'd put that one out and then yeah it would be between the Volas and the Silver Skies but you know for me the looks of something is always a massive inspiration. So if I had that pink silver sky, yeah. it would draw my eye and make me play it every day. And that's what I look for in a guitar. That's why I have so many interesting, in my opinion, blue ones. Because they just draw me in with their <laughs> blueness, their turquoise yeah, yeah, yeah. treasures. And I just pick them up and I'm inspired to play. And that's why I would. I mean, the boulders look really cool too. That Charger Orange. Mm. Uh, it's a tough question. And probably the I know probably I know. the Vola is the more versatile option, right? Yeah. But but yeah, then again, like I, I'm more and more leaning towards 
having like a more specific guitars in the sense that like a Tilly is a Tilly and then a Strat is a Strat, a Les Paul is a Les Paul and like having a bunch of those instead of like, well, we've discussed this before, but like there was a time in my guitar history where I tried to get like an all-arounder to cover everything and the end result was always, always that it didn't kind of fully cover anything in the end. Like yeah. it was really good. Like a bunch of those guitars were really like from good to really good in a lot of stuff, but like there was always something missing. So I'm leaning more towards like having bunch of different instruments instead and whenever i feel like hey i'm gonna do a country rock thing or i want to do the heavy metal thing and then i can grab a guitar that will kind of get me into the right mindset right yeah. away so that's why i'll probably go with the silver sky as well because i have a vola and i don't know how much that would different from the one just had maybe not like enough yeah interesting and in that context if i was thinking that way i would definitely have to get the vola because i don't have any really modern guitars in my in my rack behind me no nope. whenever i do anything kind of heavyish or modernish i just pick up the les paul i did like in my early youtube days for the first three years almost all the heavy stuff i did was with my heaviest uh, the semi-hollow one, the oh, black yeah. one. Uh, it does require some dialing in because the attack of the guitar is a bit softer. Yeah. So, like, it was a bit challenging to dial it in to get the punch. But you can do better with it as well. Like, there's a bunch of proof of that on my channel, so... But there are guitars that make it easier. Like, for example, the Amarok I have, the way it's constructed, the pickups it has and everything, it has that punch right away and I don't have to, like, try to dial it dial it in with pedals and like that. I just plug it in turn on, turn on the G3 pedal and I'm yeah. good to go so that also saves me time it does and money therefore yeah that's true as well uh, next we want to dive into some of your questions and comments and we're going to start with a big one going there next questions and comments Rick Beato on the Cat Pick Fridays episode where we talk about his signature Gibson guitar. Thanks guys for the plug. Uh, just to clarify, the biggest demographic on my channel is 25 to 34. First of all, thanks Rick for, for checking out what we do. Told you he'd be watching. And also... <laughs> <laughs> you guessed it right. Like, I think I think you might have mentioned that in the episode. It, yeah, he, he's probably going to. If see it wasn't that. in the episode, it was like directly before we started filming. So hopefully, it was in the episode. Yeah, but yeah I, I was super happy to see that he finally yeah. saw it and wrote something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, twenty-five to thirty-four. Well, I I barely fall into the demographic. Uh, but I'm always outgrown the demographic, but I'm still in there, so I guess I'm... Yeah, but well done. I'm, I'm already out of that demographic now, but I still... <laughs> yeah. That's like that's such a Rick Beato way to answer, by the way, just to say, just to clarify, the biggest demographic on my channel is 25 to 34. It's like, he's always leaving you wanting more, you know? That's why he's so successful. Yeah. <laughs> he's not... There's no explanation of why. There's no, um, you know, there's no diagram. There's no... And this is why. It's just, that's it. It's yeah. amazing, though. I mean, he's doing such an awesome job to appeal to younger adults. I wish I could do that. Yeah. But 
Yeah, the, I, I mean, it, it's really cool because like there's so many people, like who who watch his channel, who will most likely like his stuff has probably changed a lot of people's views on music in general. And like, uh, I grew up as a metal kid, and one of the things was like I kind of not actively but fairly actively maybe like almost disliked any other music because i was so like uh grew up in an environment where it was almost embarrassing to like some other stuff as well that felt like you had to be like really metal and uh, him kind of showing that hey it's okay to like all kinds of music and there's so much cool stuff you can learn from listening to different genres and stuff like that so the fact that he's hitting that demographic is really exciting because it will probably result in people starting bands, writing, starting to write their own music and stuff like that. And who knows what, what that might bring in the future, like bands-wise, for example. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think so many young musicians would have learned so much from his channel. Also on a theoretical and compositional side, you know, yeah. the, the series What Makes This Song Great, for me, it's such a good learning tool and... There will be other people who use the more advanced stuff to further their own careers and their own playing and writing. So it's it's mm. great what his channel's doing. Have you seen any updates on the guitar since the video? Because I haven't seen anything. No, no. But I, I've been staying off of social media a little bit in a way. So like I've, because it's been so busy over the past few weeks in my life. And as you know, some random stuff has also happened uh so i've been trying to limit my social media time a little yeah. bit and haven't really kept up with everything that's going on here's the other interesting thing though rick is also you know i said he'll see it because i know that he's someone who goes through and watches not the competition as such but you know he's into it this is his life and he goes through and watches guitar yeah. and music based videos and i think that's cool as well because i've seen quite a lot of youtuber sort of interviews recently where for for one reason or another people have talked about what they watch or who their favorite youtubers are and lots of them even guitar people in our niche they'll say oh i don't watch a lot of guitar based youtube it's and that's yeah. you know that that's fine i just find it kind of odd in a way because that's what i seem to spend half my time doing is watching you know, half of my <laughs> friends and half of you guys on, on YouTube. And I watch other stuff as well, but I really, really love the music stuff. And that informs what I do with music gear and how I play. And, you know, it lets me find new bands and stuff like that. So I also think it's really cool that Rick is out mm. doing that as well. And he's not just, you know, pontificating about stuff without being in it himself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, I, I said like that there's a business coach guy i've been following who also like runs a super successful like music educational business and this is something that he's talking about is like uh he, for me watching other guys do the thing and sometimes be inspiring but there's also a lot of times where it can be really depressing or demoralizing or anything like that and uh, that's why like both because of that and also because this is what I do on, on almost daily basis. Uh, I both kind of try to not try to keep myself inspired and sometimes watching other people's videos works exactly the opposite way. But also like it many days I just feel I need to get away from that world completely and do like 
listen to something else completely or watch something else that's in no way related to guitar or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, that also makes sense. But I, I do still watch a bunch of those videos, with, but not as much as I used yeah. to before I started YouTube. Yeah, interesting, I guess, because it's your job. That does affect how you look at the other channels. For me, you know, I make my own videos, but I don't make loads and it's just like a a hobby kind of thing. I mean, it's a hobby that I take very seriously and I really like doing it and would like to sure. make it bigger at some point, but it's different if your job is YouTube, I suppose. So yeah, that, that makes sense. But still, glad to see that Ricky's yeah. out there watching videos when he's not making his own and watching our little video. Yeah, that's true. If there's a Nam next year and I'll be attending, I hope I get to say, say hi to him or something like that. Does he do Nam? So I, I did actually see. Yeah, him. of course he does. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I saw him last year, so yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um, I don't think he was at the party. I, were you at the YouTuber party? There was one like outside in a car park one night, and um, it was only YouTubers who were invited. But I was with Valerie from Lewitt, and we just crashed it and hung out with Danish Pete and people like that. It was pretty cool. And Rhett was there. And yeah. normally Rick is in the same area, right? If Rhett Shell is somewhere, but yeah, I don't remember Rick being there. I re I met Rick at the yeah, I... GitCon in Germany. He was at the second GitCon, so that's um... where I got to know him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't at that party, so yeah, didn't. Get, I just saw him walk by many times during the last time. So, but I'm, I'm also like one of those people. Like, if I see someone who I'd like to say hi to, I, just, I don't run to them and say hi. I'm maybe it's a Finnish thing or something like that. But we respect other people's privacy <laughs> quite a lot, even though like those people might be completely okay okay with that. It doesn't feel natural. To yeah. Me, so, didn't feel like doing that. Uh, moving on to the next question, Paul Cobby commented on, I think this episode was a few weeks ago, basically on the Moore Guitars episode where we talk, also talk about a bunch of other stuff, but he comments, uh, you seem to be very skeptical about the guitars, software, battery issues and feasibility for geeking, but at the end of the day, even if you used all of all its features just of practice, it's still very pretty. Fully functioning roasted maple and rosewood neck guitar that could rival any other. The features it adds do not replace what guitar is, but add on, add on to it. And I'm going to reply what uh, I replied to Paul's comment already. And the only problem I have with Moore is like I've demoed a bunch of their products, I've used a bunch of their products. And the problem I have with them is that they usually put something out. They update it for a little while and then they just completely stop and move on to the next thing. And there's this kind of, I, I'd call it like fast food mentality where the product just throws stuff out and there's no like long term, time, long term like plan to keep, keep it updated and things like that. And that's what I don't like about them. Though, what I also told Paul is that this project seems to be different because they're doing it very differently in all kinds of like, like they're doing the, it wasn't the Kickstarter, but what's the other Crowd platform funding. they were using? So, well, some crowdfunding thing they were doing, basically. So I could be completely wrong. And maybe that's a cool, really cool guitar to have. Hope I'll get to try it. 
Hey, we, we both said we'll that see. in the episode as well, right? We I thought we were actually quite positive compared to a lot of the other comments I'd seen about those guitars. Most of them seem to be just making fun of it. And I think we looked at both sides of it, but both of us said at the end we'd quite like to try them and test them out. And yeah, you yeah. said what you just reiterated, that you just worry about the lifespan of the products and future support. If mm. someone buys one this year and then next year they have a problem, what are they going to do? But yeah. Paul is right. If you consider the fact that for the price those guitars are supposed to be, was it like 350 or something they're supposed to cost? Yeah. And they're supposed to be it, it rosewood and roasted maple necks. And was it like, a, I can't remember what the bodywood was, but it was decent specs for that money. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he's right. As long as the guitars are usable without the extra software, you know, it, if it's mm. like a Variax Line 6 guitar where you actually have to have the the Variax software to run it properly, then this could be an issue here. But yeah, I, yeah. I'm still really interested to see what this guitar is going to look like in person and what the specifications are going to be yeah. like compared to the the specs that have been mentioned online so far and whether they can hold the price. Because it does seem very, very yeah, cheap for that. Definitely. I mean, what's, what, what yeah, Squire Strat like, would you get for the it, same price? What Harley Benton would you get? Yeah. We discussed this in the episode, but yeah. 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 We'll keep an eye out on this project and see like where it progresses, if it progresses and what it's going to reach. You know. We should probably contact Moore and see if we can get something in and test it out. Yeah. If we can, why not? They seem to be doing a lot of YouTube stuff, so who knows? Uh, moving on to the next question. Uncle Dad's Garage. <laughs> Uncle Dad? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, yeah. that, that's a fun nickname. <laughs> Uncle Dad. Uh, hi, Uncle Dad. Uh, he comments on Jared James Nichols' Gold Top episode. Again, Patrick Friday's episode. Uh, some of the episodes are like doing really well like we're getting close to a thousand views on one of them already so thank you guys for watching and listening uh he mentions that i have the early version of the gold glory the jared james nichols uh signature guitar that is it came with a brown epiphone hard case i think i got lucky the p90s rocks uh, i love the sound Oh, sorry, the P90. It has a single pickup. Excuse me. Uh, I love the sound. I also have a 67 Gibson ES125T with a P90 and lap steel with a P90. They seem to be coming back into style. I give all the credit to Jared James Nichols. He has reignited the blues. The blues in all caps. I enjoy enjoy your show uh, from Atlanta. Is that GA's Georgia? Yep. Right. Which is coincidentally Good. where Rick Beato lives. Ah, that's true. But I mean, isn't Georgia like a center of a lot of like music and media stuff because of its like location and time zone? And yeah, stuff I think like that. it is. Yeah, yeah. Atlanta, Nashville, L.A., New York, New Orleans. Yeah. There's loads in America, but yeah, it is. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, what a what a cool comment. Thank you, Uncle Dad. And I, I agree. Without having played the guitar, I agree. It looks awesome. It looks like a whole lot of fun. I also have rediscovered P90s for myself personally recently, and I think they're amazing pickups, and every guitarist should try them. 
Do you have a P90 guitar? I don't. I was just about to say, like, I, I will have doing? one. <laughs> ah. <laughs> For those listening, Rich just slapped the table dramatically, like he's Gordon Ramsay 2.0 or something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I need. I don't know why. Like, I, I would think, what's the show where he like basically renovate, like reduce the restaurants? I, I like him in those shows. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, my upcoming Jazzmaster will have P90s, but I'm not sure if they're technically P90s of, or if they're like whatever the Jazzmaster pickup is. It's kind of P90, but not really. I'm not sure. I actually need to. Check yeah, the Jazzmaster, Jazzmaster pickups are kind of unique, right? They're they're closest to P90s, yeah, but they're so. technically just well, that single coils like a P90s a single coil, but. Jazzmaster yeah. is its own thing for sure. Yeah, but I, I I think like if I would get a P90 because I, I kind of would like to do the Phil X thing, so like just a single or Jared James Nichols thing, just a single P90 in the bridge and maybe like a Les Paul type thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't like SG as a shape, especially when it like how it sits in the lap. So a Les Paul with a P90, maybe even the Jared James Nichols one. Something like that. Uh, I need to get one at some point. Because, yeah, I have to agree. I'm missing on something here. You are. Yeah. Moving on to the next question or comment. And per S. Stromsheim. Something like that. Uh, on last week's interview with Perry from uh, Pendulum. Really interview many really good points slash insights shared thank you very much thank you for that amazing amazing feedback you could tell we had so much fun talking to perry and the two of us just flew by right away so yeah watch it you're missing on a lot if you don't you haven't watched it yet yeah, i wonder if there is a way so for cool us stories to and somehow get more people to see that because obviously we did this thing where we yeah. share it on social media and Perry did that too. He jumped on it when we did Instagram stories and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like he's such an interesting and unique character, such a, a fun-loving guy and such a pleasure yeah. to hang around that I think people would love listening to him. And you can learn so much from listening to him as well, especially if you're like a guitar player who's looking to get into the industry and, you know, get work, paying work on a professional level like Perry does. Yeah. Or even if you're interested in becoming a sports commentator for cycling or something else like that. <laughs> True. This guy has done it all. <laughs> People should be listening to him. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah, it's like there's all this like sometimes you like get to listen to interviews where like from the first sentences you're kind of hooked because you can't wait to hear what what the person is going to like say next and I felt to me it felt like that like I wanted to hear what he has to say and all the stories he share and like yeah go and watch it or listen to it you're not going to regret it and yeah that wraps up the question part slash comment part for this week uh, let's jump to the weekend watch recommendation and wrap up the show Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Video. It's not like you have anything else to do. This week's weekend watch recommendation is 
Van Halen playing on which is apparently Italian TV uh, in front of this like giant dinosaur figure or something like that there outside it looks a bit cloudy and like a very confusing setting yet <laughs> like, so Van Halen playing in in front of like a giant dinosaur figure I don't know if this is if it's like a prehistoric park or something they're showing like pictures of <laughs> <laughs> mammoth as well and I guess which is fitting because I think apparently before they became Van Halen they were the band was called Mammoth I think ah okay I read that I somewhere that. and actually that's why his son is now like his band's name is Mammoth ah there you so, go interesting even I'm learning something now yeah I think I read that like t yeah I think I read that like today but basically this just looks incredible in so many ways like this cuts into the band and then it's just zooming in onto different dinosaurs and stuff <laughs> like that <laughs> but I mean I love David Lee Roth because he's like really giving his all like kind of partially shirtless and stuff like that and just this murky day and a random dinosaur figure and <laughs> I think that they used to make these music videos way better in the 80s and 90s than they do now. The sheer randomness of this is just incredible. Yeah, I agree. Everything is better when dinosaurs are involved. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we need more music videos with dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, go, definitely check it out. It's hilarious. And so, somehow, like, it, I, I don't know where it was surfaced, but, like, it's been a while since, th since this was recorded, so... And only now, yeah, I think it was broadcasted in early 1982. So wow, 40 years ago almost. Wow, but yeah, that, that wraps up the Catholic Fridays episode 19. Yes, number 19. Thank you so much for watching slash listening. Uh, Rich, thanks again for joining me for the gear madness we got through. I I hope we get some great news from boutique and distribution for next week's episode or something yeah me too it's a weird situation yeah. um yeah if you enjoyed the episode please consider giving it a like and hitting the subscribe button on youtube leave us a review on apple podcasts and help us in the rankings and stuff like that and as always a great way to support what we do is to either get the catpick studios well my songwriting course or use affiliate links to support the channel as well and get yourself something from Tolman. and obviously there's merch available as well i still don't have any catpick fridays merch maybe i need to design some you probably should maybe there's some fans who would do actually i have a i do have a t-shirt idea where there would be like well yeah, I'm going to design it and see if it actually works and only then reveal my awesome, awesome idea. If it's even awesome. We shall see. <laughs> Can it be just like... Something to look... Us. Our heads on dinosaurs. <laughs> Which dinosaur would you like to be? <laughs> That's a question for another episode, but either Triceratops or Stegosaurus. They're probably my favorite too. Pretty good. What about you? Do I get to be the T-Rex? Yeah. Then you can't play guitar because you've got like tiny arms. <laughs> Which would make a good t-shirt. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Something to think of. Also, E-Drum as a T-Rex. I don't know.
Ja. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that, no, thank you so much. We shall see you next time. Bye, Bye podcast. podcast. <laughs>